You're listening to episode number 37 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by me, Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I try to release a new podcast episode. Um, This week's episode I'm recording back from home in Calgary. I came back this week. Santa Monica was amazing. It is literally my favorite place in the world. Uh, But I'm happy to be back home where there is snow and it feels so much like Christmas. So this episode is tackling a few things. I'm going to talk a bit about what's current because I haven't done that in a while. And we're going to get into the state of dating in 2018 and my thoughts on that. So let's get into the episode. First and foremost, I need to shout out Thank You Next because this song has gotten me through the past few weeks. Um, Since it came out, I've literally been listening to it nonstop. I can't stop with the memes. They're all so good. The song is amazing and so relevant to today's episode, all about self-love and moving on and putting yourself first. And I think the message behind the song is just like so pertinent to everything right now. I actually read an interview that Ariana Grande did after she wrote the song. She wrote this song in like a week. I think they produced it in two weeks right after they broke off the engagement. Her and Pete broke off their engagement. So I'm just like so flabbergasted by this and the whole internet is really because she has set so many streaming records. She is just like breaking down all these barriers. She just won the Woman of the Year Award through Billboard. So shout out to Ariana Grande. And if you haven't been listening to it nonstop, I am judging you um, because that is basically the theme song for today's episode. Thank you, next. Other than my favorite song right now, Let's talk about retrograde. We were in Mercury retrograde for the past couple weeks and we're finally out of it. Um, I don't know about you, but it feels amazing to not have the world feel like it's spinning backwards. Um, If you know nothing about astrology, it's okay. But basically, Mercury retrograde is this period of time when It feels like all communication is off, Um, travel can be messed up, there can be technology errors, communication errors, basically things that you think are not going to happen can unexpectedly happen Um, and the whole world is just kind of like feeling upside down and everything feels like it's not working out the way that it should. It's like if something's going to go wrong, it probably will, so you shouldn't make any big commitments or plans during Mercury retrograde, sign any big contracts. Anyways, that was for the past three weeks or so, and before that we were in Venus retrograde, which is kind of the same feeling except more focused on love and miscommunication in love and relationships. And prior to that, we were in another retrograde. Like this year, we have literally been in retrograde almost all year. I think we could call 2018 the year of retrograde. (laughs) But as of this week, we are finally out of retrograde and we have no more retrograde until March of 2019. So there's finally some clarity in the universe. We're finally at a point where things are maybe feeling like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders and things are kind of falling into place again. 
and it's right in time for the holidays. So I'm feeling a lot better this week. I don't know about you guys. Put out those good vibes for the next coming weeks as we go into the holidays. If you've been feeling stressed, if you've been feeling anxious, if you've been dealing with a lot of miscommunications or like weird tensions in a relationship or friendships, now's the time to kind of let all of these things just like play out as they may because the universe has aligned itself again. So there's that. Um, Another thing in what's current this week, YouTube Rewind 2018 came out and I just, I need to talk about this because the video was so disappointing. It was so bad Um, and I think the only thing I liked about it was the fact that my girl Molly Burke was featured in this year's video, her and her dog Gallup. If you haven't been subscribed or been watching Molly Burke's videos, search her up on YouTube. She is a blind YouTuber and her and I met years and years ago uh, when we were both in a pageant together actually and have just kind of stayed in touch. We've worked together in the past and she's blowing up on YouTube right now. Uh, She's done collaborations with Casey Neistat and just literally like all the biggest YouTubers there are right now. She's been putting out videos with them, so I'm so proud of Molly. Uh, I'm going to try and get her on the show to do an interview because I think she's just so inspiring and she's really killing it right now with her work and obviously has such a cool story, so stay tuned for that. And the final thing that I want to touch on in kind of this section of what's current this week is this controversy with Lena Dunham. Uh, Of course, it's Lena Dunham. If you haven't heard of the latest Lena Dunham news, basically, she put out a big public apology this week because of a cover-up that she had done previously for somebody who was accused of sexual assault. So the story goes that in 2012, one of the actresses from Girls accused the writer and executive producer of sexual assault and filed a police report. And afterwards, Lena Dunham came forward and basically made this public statement. She said, While our first instinct is to listen to every woman's story, our insider knowledge of Murray's situation makes us confident that sadly, this accusation is one of the 3% of assault cases that are misreported every year. It is a true shame to add to that number as outside of Hollywood, women still struggle to be believed. We stand by Murray and this is all we'll be saying about this issue. So this was a statement that Lena Dunham put out before to basically come to the defense of the writer and producer that was accused of sexual assault. Fast forward to this past Wednesday, when Lena Dunham basically said that the whole insider knowledge thing was garbage and that she made it up, she she lied, like she came forward and said that she lied to protect this writer who she was friends with, um, who she cared about a lot, and of course, consequently, she came forward with this massive public apology. She wrote, I think, something in like The Hollywood Reporter, or I don't know, she did some sort of op-ed public apology piece for this actress who had who she had basically slammed and said, you're lying. On top of all of that, she also made this like weird public apology statement while accepting like at an awards show. I don't know. In true Lena Dunham fashion, she has basically 
backpedaled on something that she said and is now apologizing about it publicly but in a really poor way and my beef with this is that I just have so much disrespect for Lena Dunham to begin with I feel like she tries so hard to be this perfect role model of a feminist she's very critical of others who speak publicly or advocate on certain issues that she doesn't believe in she's said racist things before she has said like so many wild things and then she constantly is backpedaling and apologizing but in a way that seems so inauthentic And I just don't see the appeal for her as a feminist at all or in any of the advocacy work that she's done. Um, I don't find any of it really remarkable, especially given kind of her privilege and her position. And so my question is like, when are the bad apologies going to end? And at what point do we just stop caring about what Lena Dunham has to say? Because Look, I'm usually somebody who says, if you have good intentions, that actually does matter versus just whatever your behavior and actions are. I do think that good intentions play a role in how we assess situations like this. But to me, it just seems like she is constantly talking and constantly apologizing for what she's saying. And I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts because uh, I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast and that follow me are really interested in feminism. You are feminists yourselves, uh, public advocates yourselves, and I'd love to hear what you think of how the public has been handling what she is saying and how she backpedals and apologizes and just what your thoughts on like poor public apologies are because i do think that there's there's value in her apologizing um time and time again but like i'm just tired of hearing news about her to be honest so with that i'm gonna stop talking about her and about um this whole situation okay so Let's move on from all of this current stuff and let's dive into today's episode, um, which is about dating in 2018, dating in your 20s particularly because I am a 25-year-old woman and I can only speak from my own experiences, but I think this kind of goes across the board because I do have a lot of older friends that are in the same situation, maybe they're divorced or maybe they're still looking for their perfect partner, their significant other. And what I constantly keep hearing from people younger than me and older than me is this question of why is dating so hard these days? Like, why is it so complicated to just find someone and be with them? And I think my simple answer for that is that it's not. Um, And I know that's really oversimplified, but I think that we're making it harder than it needs to be. And I'm going to explain a little bit in this episode. But the reality is that we have more options than ever to connect with other human beings, whether that's through social media, Instagram DMs, uh, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, a variety of different matchmaking apps, even Match.com I think is still around, who knows. But despite this ability to connect with more people and having more options available to us and more means to find the right person, I think we're also faced with this dilemma of feeling more disposable than ever because there is so many options. I mean, you could download Bumble or Tinder 
and find probably hundreds, maybe thousands, depending on where you live, thousands of options of people who could be suitable partners, who could be somebody that you're attracted to, who could end up being your boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, And then there's this whole realm of social media and Instagram and following people that you're attracted to, following people that you kind of know, that you're acquainted to, and sliding in the DMs. But at the same time, I think there's this underlying feeling of how many other people is this person talking to? How many other people has this person swiped right on? How many other dates has this person gone on? How many other girls' Instagram photos is this guy liking and commenting on? How many other DMs is this person in? Uh, And so there's this big feeling of uncertainty and unease with dating nowadays because of the role that social media and these dating apps have created and played in our lives. But I think there's some interesting mentality that is not talked about very much, and it's that most people actually want a relationship. And as much as there is a lot of games that go on and a lot of flirting and Snapchatting and blah, 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 most people just want to be with someone. And that has even been proven by a Bumble sociologist, which Yes, indeed, that is a real job, folks. Um, They have an in-house sociologist, PhD in everything, who did a study of the Bumble users. And let's take into account that Bumble is probably a different demographic than Tinder. But that said, 85% of users were looking for a serious relationship or marriage. And only 1% of female users and 4% of male users reported using the app for pure hookups, which is pretty wild to me. Um, You would think that those stats might be a little bit different, but it goes to show that we all want the same things, which is love and companionship. Or at least if you want those things, you are more likely to find them on Bumble than on likely other dating apps like Tinder. But that said, uh, despite this knowledge that both men and women are most generally looking for a serious relationship and want to be with one person, there is so much insecurity on both sides with men and women around how do you find the right person? If you find somebody that you're attracted to and that you like, how much time before you make that commitment? You have to keep your options open. You want to play the game. You want to play hard to get. You don't want to be too clingy right away. There's so many things that Um, get in the way of having these happy and healthy relationships. And I see it a lot with young women, particularly because most of my friends are young women. Um, And I myself am a young woman, so I can speak from this personal experience. But so many of us have low self-esteem and self-confidence issues. And of course, guys have that too. But I think this is in no part thanks to you know, the typecast role that women play in the media, the rise of social media and Instagram models and these over-edited, filtered versions of ourselves and our lives and this inner desire to be accepted and be wanted and to be told that we're pretty and to be liked. Um, You know, there's so much insecurity there. I think to add to that, Young women are also more likely to experience anxiety and depression 
at slightly higher rates than men. And so although the research around that is not super conclusive, I think that's another contributing factor to why women view dating as this really daunting and frustrating thing is because a lot of us already live with these existing feelings of everyday anxiety, social anxiety, depression, unworthiness, and when you mix in relationships and other people's emotions and actions, that makes things even more complex. So now you're not only worried and anxious and doubting yourself, you're worried, anxious, and doubting the actions and behaviors and words of another person that you're interested in. There's this whole other layer of insecurity and anxiety that comes into play when you start dating. But look, I am somebody who has experienced mental illness. I probably still live with some forms of mental health issues, even though I haven't really you know, even though I've technically been in recovery, quote-unquote, for years now. And I think that we make ourselves more anxious about relationships particularly than we need to be. Like, I think that the reality is that most people want to be with someone. Most people enjoy companionship and friendship and romance and sex. You know, these are all good things. But with that comes this fear of commitment and even stronger, a fear of vulnerability. So we're left with these two things, commitment and vulnerability, that for some reason have been demonized in a way, yet are two virtues that are actually so respectable and positive when it comes to our relationships with other people. And really in any capacity, you know, commitment and vulnerability can be good things in in many different ways. Um, When you take a job, it's respected and honored if you are committed to that job for a long time versus quitting after three months. And yet in that context too, the idea of commitment scares a lot of people and particularly young people. And again, it comes back to this new age world that we're living in where we have so many options. You know, we're blessed with a thousand options in terms of dating and connecting with people um, in this generation that we live in right now. Things have truly never been better for humans than in 2018 Western civilization. And yet we're all still kind of unhappy, not in spite of the number of possibilities at our fingertips, but I think because of it. You know, we can order virtually anything online, shout out to Amazon Prime, and have it arrive at our doorstep in one or two days. We can book a flight, we can swipe right, we can basically order up a new girlfriend or boyfriend or hookup or partner or person with a swipe. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of options and opportunities literally at our fingertips to choose from. I think that's really paralyzing in a sense because it breeds this apathetic complacency with a lot of people where we just kind of take for granted um, the amount of people that there are available and, you know, why would you commit to one when there's so many options that could be better for you? The reality too is that relationships take effort and you have to conscious you have to consciously choose to be with and for that person, which when you have a thousand options and a thousand what ifs, can be really difficult to commit to putting that effort in. And this is why 
according to Forbes, almost 25% of millennials switch jobs five times before they turn 35. And I actually think that number is probably a lot higher since they've done that study, um, which was just a couple years ago. We all want to know where we fit and we're afraid of committing to something if it's not the right or perfect decision. And that goes for people too. Um, We don't want to commit to someone if we think that there might be someone better around the corner, someone that would be better for us or more attractive or whatever. Beyond that, if you have an inkling that something might not be quote-unquote the job or that someone you're dating might not be quote-unquote the one, you're probably not going to give 100% of your effort to that job or that person Because in your head, you've already decided that this is a temporary fix while you're waiting for something better. And this kind of apathy is what I think kills a lot of young relationships or flings before they even have the chance to become something else. Because people, you know, want to keep their options open and rather than put the effort in to make something work now don't see the point in that maybe when there's the flip of a switch and a button that you can push to find someone new or more literally you know a swipe (laughs) so what do we do about all this you know how do we date in this new era of social media and online dating apps and how do we navigate our own feelings and the feelings of others and i think my biggest takeaway from the brief period of time that I've been in the whole dating scene is that if you like someone, just tell them. (laughs) And if they like you too, you should be together. Like, honestly, it's that simple. Why is it not that simple? I mean, of course, we make everything overcomplicated because we're humans and irrational and, you know, we have feelings and fear drives our decision-making a lot of times. I also think that there is this fear of showing too much feeling for someone because we don't want to come off as too forward or too clingy or crazy, which is all kind of, you know, wild to me. It's like, why are we playing this game of tag? Why are we chasing each other around when it's not really what we want? I think another thing is that women give too much to guys. I've talked about this a lot this past week because I was staying with with my friend Val who had a lot of really great dating and love advice and we talked a lot about this over the week that I was there. Basically this notion that women are kind of pushovers when it comes to relationships in the sense that we are often, you know, when we're committed someone, committed to someone, when we really like someone, we are so much more willing to give and to bend for that person and to do things with that person and for that person that we wouldn't necessarily do ourselves or alone because we want to make that person happy. Um, There's so many examples of this, whether it's watching sports games or watching the movie that they want to watch or moving somewhere or dressing a certain way. Like Women bend so much for men and I don't think that men do the same for women. I really don't. And I have a really hard time finding any examples in my personal life or, you know, my friend's stories where a man has ever 
bent or changed or given more to a relationship than a woman has. And I'd love to hear the stories if you have any. And I'm not saying that all men are bad at relationships because that's not true either. I just think that women are kind of taught from a young age that we should be what a man wants and do what we can to make him happy. And, you know, it's kind of second nature for us to bend because we want that person to love us and we want them to feel happy in our relationship and yet because of this I think a lot of women end up in unhappy relationships or end up in a place where the guy has taken for granted for so long what his partner has done for him and the ways that a woman bends for him and if he's asked to change his behavior if he's asked to do something for her it causes tension in the relationship, which is so interesting because it shouldn't be that way. It really should be a two-way street. And so anyways, all of this to say that I think women need to stop settling so much and stop bending so much. Um, You know, if you love watching Mean Girls on a Friday night and you would rather do that than go to a hockey game with a guy, why isn't it that he's going to stay in and watch that movie with you versus you being the one to bend and go out and spend time with his friends or do what he wants to do? Like, it's, it's madness. So I think if we stop bending in those ways, if we stop being pushovers in that way, and I'm not saying all women are like this, I'm not saying all men are like this, but it's a trend that I see and I see it in myself mostly, I think, um, giving up certain things for the person that you're with to make them happy. Once we stop doing that, I think we hold people on the other side more accountable to showing up in a relationship and to putting in the same amount of effort. And I think that's really what it takes to be in a healthy and sustainable relationship in 2018, in any age, in any era, in any, you know, time and place. We need both sides to come together and and put in that effort. So that's my rant on that. Um, here's my advice for anyone who's currently navigating the dating world right now. And let me preface this by saying I am currently single (laughs) and that I have had a couple of serious relationships in the past, one of which I actually thought I was going to marry the guy. Um, we were together for a long time and it didn't work out. And I think that the reason I had those relationships is to learn from them and to figure out things about myself, which I definitely have. So here's my advice from the single 25-year-old Kaylee who has not had, you know, a lifetime of experience with these things. Number one, self-love above all the rest. And this is where thank you next comes in. Um, This is where it has become my anthem. If you're chasing love from other people but don't have that same happiness or fulfillment or confidence with yourself, maybe it's time to shift some of that from a search for your person onto a search for yourself. Um, Spend more time alone doing things that you love. I'm a pretty firm believer that when you are your best self, you you approach relationships in a completely different way than when you are lost and struggling. There's less anxiety, less willingness to settle for something or someone that isn't right for you when you are feeling right for yourself. Number two is be with someone who makes you want to be the best version of yourself. 
And I want to be clear on how I phrase that. You can't expect a single person to bring out the best in you or to fix you or to make you better, but the person that you're with should make you want to be better. Does that make sense? Like, I've been stuck in toxic relationships before where I was so obsessed with jealousy and self-doubt and that person just fueled those emotions in me more. But then when you're with someone who is supportive and caring and wants you to follow your ambitions, the landscape completely changes. And I think the best relationships are the ones where you can support and fuel each other. You are genuinely excited to be with one another, happy and proud of one another. You can encourage each other towards self-growth while, of course, accepting all of the flaws and bumps along the road that come with that journey. So looking back, you want to say that being in a relationship was a net positive and not a net negative if it ends. So if you're feeling jealous or anxious or like there's this loss of trust with someone or like you're constantly fighting, that's probably not the best person for you because the best person for you would want to support you to be your best self. And finally, the third thing that I'm going to share is that happiness needs to be above all else. Net positive. I just said it. Um, Yes, relationships are work. Yes, everyone has ups and downs and you should be there for that person. But if something's toxic, you have to get out of it. Don't just hold on because of what if. I think too many times I stayed with the wrong person, thinking that I should stay with them, thinking that it would get better, what if this, what if that, or making excuses for that person's behavior. But it's not your responsibility to fix someone, and it's not your responsibility to put up with BS because someone has been hurt before. I think a lot of times There's this excuse of why you can't 100% come to the table and love someone because in the past you've been heartbroken. And look, I get it. I've been that person before. But if you're unable to give your, your whole self and if you're unable to love, it probably means that you are not really ready for that relationship and you need to work on yourself first. So if you're with someone like that, like maybe reevaluate where you are in your life and where they're at and Sometimes it's just poor timing, honestly. Um, You never know what will happen in the future, but I think self-love, self-care, and self-preservation are really important in relationships. And if you're finding that a relationship is draining you, maybe it's time to be single. Maybe it's time to be alone. All of that said, and yet I am truly a hopeless romantic at heart, I think that love is the most magical and beautiful thing that we can experience. And... I hope that more of you, you know, find your person, but if you don't or if you haven't, don't beat yourself up. Um, Put more effort and energy into yourself because when you are your best self, that's truly when you're going to find the best person for you and the person who sees all of that in you as well. So I'm going to end it on that and I hope that you all have a lovely week. Happy Hanukkah to all of my Jewish listeners and happy holidays to everyone else. Uh, I'll be back in a week. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. 